Hi friends, this is Self-Care and Soul Care for the Caregiver, and I'm your host, Sandra Peoples. To us, self-care isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. We want to take better care of ourselves so we're able to care for our loved ones who rely on us. I wasn't planning to release an episode this week because we were on spring break and I traveled with my parents and big sister to a family funeral in Oklahoma. But I think it's important we address the coronavirus and how families like ours should prepare. If you have a medically fragile family member, we can learn a lot from you during a time like this. You are pros at what so many people are learning more about right now, from how to properly wash your hands to tips during times of social isolation. This coronavirus affects me not only as a special needs mom, but also as a pastor's wife and disability ministry leader. It's part of my husband's job to keep our entire church safe, and it's part of my job to keep the kids in our classes safe. And honestly, what's safe for my classes may be a little more extreme than what's safe for the entire church. So we're having lots of conversations at our house about the steps that we need to take. So let's take a few minutes today to talk about how caregiving families can prepare for emergencies and epidemics. I'm going to draw on our experience with Hurricane Harvey from a couple years ago and the lessons I learned then that I still apply today. And like in the aftermath of Harvey, I'm praying this worldwide epidemic is an opportunity to protect our families, love our neighbors, and to remember our trust in God's plan. When we heard Hurricane Harvey was headed our way, we weren't fully sure how to prepare. I grew up in Oklahoma, where of course we didn't worry about hurricanes, and my husband Lee grew up in North Carolina, but not as close to the coast as where we live now outside of Houston. We stocked up on the essentials and extra food, but we didn't plan for long enough and ended up eating some pretty strange food combinations, especially since delivery trucks couldn't get to our grocery stores with the roads so flooded. Mail delivery was also affected. We learned then to switch to online bill pay so future mail disruptions wouldn't be too much of a hassle. We also now make sure that our cars have more than a half a tank of gas in case we need to evacuate during hurricane season. Those tips may seem like small details, but they can make a big difference (laughs) when you're trying to prepare for tornado or hurricane season where you live. But of course, what we're all talking about right now is the coronavirus. The steps we can take to prepare for it are a little different. So let's go through five of them together. If you haven't taken these steps yet, now is a great time to do so. Number one, make sure that you have the medicines you need enough to keep you from having to stand in line at the pharmacy with people who may be infected in the coming weeks. You probably need to call ahead and make sure that they know you're coming so they have plenty of what you need and check with insurance to see that you can get what you need and have it covered. But this is a really important step to take just because once you go in to a place like the drugstore, you don't know what the people standing around you may be suffering from. And so if you can get what you need now, that will save you from having to stand in line with people just coming from the doctor or maybe not even knowing their diagnosis in the coming weeks. Make sure you also have any supplements that your family takes. We keep elderberry, vitamin C, and melatonin on hand. So a few weeks ago, I made sure that we had it all. If you haven't taken this step yet, if you are not prepared with all the medicines and the supplements that your family needs, put this at the very top of your to-do list. I think this is the one thing you need to do to make sure that your family stays as healthy as possible in the coming weeks. 
Second, you need to make a plan for the food you will eat. Many of our family members have food allergies or aversions. Feeding them can be a little or a lot more difficult. If you listen to episode 11 on menu planning, you should have a good idea of the meals your family likes and have a plan for rotating through them. Rely on the rhythms and routines that already work for you, like we talked about in episode 12 on solutions for extra stressful seasons. This is also a good time to double recipes and freeze the leftovers in case you get sick and still need to feed your family without relying on drive throughs There are certain snacks that James likes that we can buy extra of now. We also added, you know, some canned things, beans, rice, things that don't spoil in case we need to isolate for an extended period of time. Don't forget what you may need to get yourself through the coming long days, like extra coffee, or for me, uh, extra Dr. Pepper. Third, think about other supplies that you need. I know there are jokes about buying too much toilet paper, but if you plan to limit your social interaction, including going to stores, you'll need extra toilet paper. You may also want to get laundry detergent, especially if you do a lot of laundry like we do. I took the step of cleaning out our medicine cabinet to get rid of anything that had expired and to make sure that I had the basics like band-aids, rubbing alcohol, pain reliever, fever reducer. I didn't want to have to need something and have to run to the store uh, at a time that we were trying to stay at home as much as possible. I also got chicken noodle soup, saltine crackers, Pedialyte, and Gatorade in case anyone comes down with a stomach bug. Some of us may live in areas where cases will be as prevalent as they are in parts of Italy, and I've read that their hospitals are at 200% capacity. So getting what we need now to avoid places where sick people may be will be really helpful. Number four, think about entertainment and sensory activities. We are just coming off spring break, so we've already had a week out of school, and I was reminded just how hard it is for James to be at home all day without some kind of structure and extra activities. So we do have an indoor ball pit. We have a mini trampoline. I got new puzzles and books. Uh, I tried to rotate some old toys in so that he didn't get bored with the things he has to play with. And that was a huge help over spring break. And I know it will be a help in the future if there are any other steps we have to take, like school being canceled for a time or therapy being canceled for a time. I have a list of 100 activities for kids with special needs to stay busy in the summertime, but many of them would work now, so I'll link to those in the show notes. Number five, make a plan for levels of social isolation. Are there any activities that you can limit? Are there things that you can say no to that may be beneficial for your family? Our church doesn't plan to close, but it is reminding people to stay home if they are more comfortable doing so. I assume many of the special needs families that we serve will choose to stay home. When our family does get out, we're washing our hands more often. (laughs) We're making sure that we limit exposure, like not setting our cell phones down on the counter in public bathrooms. And we're cleaning the steering wheel and other hard surfaces in the car when we get back in it from being out. We can really learn from the steps our friends who are medically fragile already take during cold and flu season to keep us healthy during this challenging season. So those five steps are the best ways for caregiving families to prepare for emergencies and epidemics. As we prepare, though, we don't need to give in to worry or fear. Scripture says that we don't mourn like those without hope, 
But we also don't live like those without hope, and that includes how we live during a global pandemic. Let's end in prayer like we do for every episode. God, you are sovereign over all things, and even when the news preys on our fear, we can trust in you. Help us to be wise in the decisions we're making to keep our families healthy and safe, and help us to also remember to love those you put in our paths. As followers of Christ, we can be a light in this dark time. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Friends, let's face the future with hope and with extra soap. (laughs) Be kind to each other, both online and in person, and make decisions that are best for your family and for your neighbor. We don't have to give in to fear, but we can lower our risk and the risk to those we love by taking extra precautions. As a bonus for you guys today, I've created a downloadable checklist that you can print off to help you prepare. Just head to sandrapeoples.com slash the podcast and look for the link to episode 15. Thanks for joining me for this quick episode. If you're listening for the first time, you can visit sandrapeoples.com slash the podcast to check out previous episodes on topics like eliminating decision fatigue and establishing habit triggers. I'll meet you back here next week for more encouragement to care for yourself as you care for your loved one.